course, we looking, as we're looking at generational blessings today, we turn to look at, at uh, kids. And the title of the message is When Kids Come to Christ. And it's already been read earlier, but I'd like you to, to, to look at Matthew 19, verses 13 and 14. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and to pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's pray. Lord God, speak to us through your holy word. And may the witness to your word be faithful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, I love Christchurch. And one of the things I love about Christchurch is, is that it is truly multi-generational. We intend to be that way. We're, we're, uh, uh, we've, we've worked on that. We want to, to make sure that all generations feel welcome here. I remember um, early on, uh, close to eight years ago, one thing I said is that we're not going to back away from attracting retired and older folks to our church because everyone thought we were just trying to attract young families. And it was, it was amazing that as soon as, uh, as that was said, young families started coming into our church uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a number that we had not seen before then. And I, I love Christ Church because I know that if my 96-year-old mother comes into this church, people will love her and accept her and, and make her welcome. And I also know that my four-year-old grandnephew, great-grandnephew, or whatever you call uh, a child of my, my niece, um, if, if he were to come into the church just four months, that he would be welcome as well. And, and so, you know, that's something we really try to, to do is to look at all generations. And we've been doing that in the last uh, several weeks here, looking at generational blessings. But can, can we get really honest here for a minute? when we start talking about kids. Would you let me do that? I mean, like, real honest. Kids can be difficult at times. I know this may be new to you, but it's true. Kids can be difficult. They can be messy, mischievous. They can have meltdowns, they make a lot of mistakes, they make floors look interesting under the tables where they have been seated around, they make a lot of noise, they move fast down hallways. You know, uh, we're, we're, around here we're constantly telling the, the kids to walk or to slow down. I don't do that myself. I, I let other people do that. Uh, I'm the one out in the hallway as they're running by. I'm, I'm doing the sound motions. They go running by and I go, <laughs> I love it. And the, the, the truth is they're, they're un, unpredictable. You're, you're not sure what's going to happen when kids are around. It's like Levi. When he was about three years old, he got a hold of the markers. 
and he went into his artistic phase in life and decided to decorate the carpet and the furniture and even himself as his face was covered with, with marker. And fortunately, I have a very smart wife who bought washable markers instead of permanent markers. But it, it and fortunately, Levi's artistic phase didn't last very long. But they are unpredictable. And perhaps that's why the, 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 the kid mania that we sometimes experience, that's probably why the, the disciples were thinking that they wanted to keep the kids away from Jesus that day. Now, in that culture, it was not unusual for parents to bring their children to rabbis, to famous teachers, to have them pray for the for the kids. So that that's that's normal. That was that was something that that was done in the time. But for some reason, the disciples were rebuking the parents and the children who were trying to come toward Jesus. And Jesus, that's when he said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. Now, in Mark, it tells the same story, but it tells us a little more information. Jesus noticed that the disciples were keeping the kids away and rebuking the parents, and it says that he was indignant. You ever been indignant? It means like angry, miffed. He wasn't happy with his disciples. And so he said, let the, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven, now listen to this, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. The kingdom of heaven belongs to the kids. Now, this message title can be taken two ways. And I hope you will take it two ways this morning. When we say the title, When Kids Come to Christ, obviously we're talking about when kids come to Jesus Christ. But also, I want us to think about it as when kids come to Christ, United Methodist Church. Jesus was very clear. He did not want anything to hinder the children coming to him. He had a lot to say about it in different parts of, of uh, the, the Gospels and the New Testament. When he was asked who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, this was his response. And it interests me that this was just a chapter ahead of this uh, event where the disciples are trying to keep the kids from, from Jesus. So it happened shortly before that event. And this is what you can read in Matthew 18, verses 1 through 5. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Now, he had some very serious words for those who would hinder the children or harm the children as well. But if you look at this, he's saying, 
if you really, if you really want to experience and be part of the kingdom of heaven, you need to be like the kids. Do you see the ge generational blessings the children have for us? Is when we even even our own opportunity to experience the kingdom of heaven has something to do with kids. Now the church can and should play a great role in the generational blessing of children. So I got a question for you. How are we doing? How are we doing as individuals? How are we doing as families? How are we doing as a church when it comes to our witness to our children? Now I got three things that I just wanna, wanna point out to you. One, one comes from Proverbs 22.6. It says this, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Now, first of all, is we need to accept the children. We need to understand that they are an important part of the church of Jesus Christ, that they also are needing to be um, shown a direction in life early on. And the promise is, is that that when we show them the way that they are to go, when they are old, they will not return, that, that they will, will not turn from it. You know, I have two adult, adult uh, sons now in their 20s. And I've found out that that's a lot different being a dad of 20-year-olds than it was being a dad of two and three-year-olds. I mean, they, they got a mind of their own. Did you know that? And sometimes they make mistakes. And Joy and I continue to pray and stand on this pro pro promise that if you raise a child up in the way they should go, that when they're older, they won't turn from it. That when they have their own children, they'll begin to, to, to think of how important it is for, for this generational blessings to, to kick in and to be a part of their life and that they will want to be a part of that and they want their children to be a part of the church as well. It's, it's important to, to uh, make sure that they understand that um, they're accepted. Now, we start this early on. When a child is, is born, one of the first things that happen is, is that a child then comes to the church, uh, the parents bring him, him or her forward to be baptized or dedicated. And the baptism here at Christ Church is kind of unique. We have our own tradition of things We'll, we usually have the child about right here, and, and I'll baptize the child, holding the child, asking you know, what name has been given to this child, even though I know the name, that's just something we do. And um, then, then I, I do some things. Maybe you've witnessed this. I take the child up here, and I, and I raise the child up with the recognition that this child is a child of God. And those parents are bringing the child to church and for baptism with this understanding. They're saying, this child is a child of God. And we as parents are giving this child back to God to be raised the way that we feel God is calling us to raise this child. And they take it very seriously. I remember when both Sam and Levi were baptized, I was a basket case. You know, misty-eyed, uh, because I knew how important
important that decision was to give the, the most precious uh, individuals in the world back to God. But then I do something else. After, after that, I, I, I have the child so he or she can see you. Scares the child. No, actually, the child gets a, a, a look at all of you, and there's a reason for that. It's, it's because you now are part of that child's family, the family of God. And then we take the child, and I begin walking the child down the aisle, showing the child to different people, and they, they look in the child's eyes. And as we're doing this, what are we seeing? Okay, I want you to do a survey right now. Can you? Oh, not okay, good. <laughs> Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We, we do this every time there is a baptism. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. This is a very, very precious moment for me. And it has been ever since we lost our first daughter, Hope Ann. She died on the day she was born. She was... She was baptized in the, in the hospital. But ever since we lost our little girl, I've naturally just done something. And that is after going through all of that tradition, before I give the child back to the parents, maybe you've noticed, I kiss that child on the forehead. It's my way of saying you are so precious as a child of God. And as a church, we're going to do everything we can to help you know that Jesus loves you. Now, along with acceptance comes the importance of teaching. We need to be willing to teach the children what we know. One of the funniest things... Uh, I think it's kind of hilarious. At, 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 in Rotary, um, once a month we have Rotary, the Rotary uh, meets downstairs. It's a, it's a social uh, service club, and uh, the United Methodist Women serve that meal every, every Thursday. And during the school year, we have high school students that come, and they eat with us, they experience that, they introduce themselves, and it's just a good experience for them to be a part of part of that, um, but we do this kind of a weird thing at Rotary. We we sing from a songbook, and none of those songs that we sing are probably uh, probably the, the 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 youngest song in that songbook dates back to probably the 1940s. I don't know, but. They're, they're songs that, that a, lot of, a lot of people my age know. And uh, um, I, I, if I'm sitting by one of the, the uh, kids, you know, they're songs that, that you, you, know, you probably have grown up with if you're a little older. But these high school kids, they're looking around going, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> these songs are rather stupid. They don't really make much sense. They're... They're uh, sentimental and, and, or, or whatever they might be. 
And I, I ask him, I say, did you know any of those songs? And he goes, no. And we just assume that they know what we know, and they don't. And we cannot assume that, that the children that God has placed into our lives will know about Jesus Christ. We have to tell them. And in Luke, uh, or I'm sorry, in Deuteronomy 6-7, when it comes to the things that are important about our faith, these words are written. It says, impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You know, it's important for them to understand uh, what's going on and try to, and try to uh, help them along the way as, as their minds develop. I, I love the fa- fact that in this service, we include, at the 1035 service, that we include the children in, in uh, uh, Holy Communion. We're so serious about that. We have it right at the beginning. So when they take off, they'll have already had the Holy Communion. Now, are they going to fully understand what it means that Jesus gave up his life and that the, the, you know, the, the, the wine represents his blood and the, and the bread represents his body and, and uh, he, we're, we're doing this in remembrance of Jesus. They're probably not going to get all that. But we decided a long time ago that we were not going to deny the children from the dinner table, the family table. And so they come forward, and I love it because you, you guys can't see it, but I can. I see it in their eyes, this, this awe and wonder as they take, they take a piece of bread and they take a, a cup. And, and it's like it's so precious to them. And I, and I always say to them, I don't know if you can hear it or not, but I always say to the kids, I say, I say every time you eat and drink, I want you to remember that Jesus loves you and will always be with you. If they could just take that much back, then I'll say we did a good job. I remember several years ago at another church, I had a, had a young man, um, a, a young boy come forward. And this was back when uh, I wore my, my clergy robe almost every Sunday, especially on on Communion Sunday, and so I was in this uh, uh, clergy robe with the doctoral stripes on it, and, and, and probably a, a you know big cross on. Just I, I was probably intimidating looking to this young man, this boy, and he comes forward for communion. And this wasn't his first time, but he 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 hadn't come forward all that often, and so he's kind of nervous about it anyway, and. When it came to pulling the bread off, or the, uh, the piece of bread off the, the loaf, the one thing we hear the most at that moment, you know what it is? That, yeah, fall, falling on the floor. No, uh, uh, that, that would be bad. But uh, sometimes, sometimes you, you take a hold of a piece of bread and you start pulling it and it just keeps coming. And it just keeps coming. And you get this humongous piece of bread and you're wondering, how am I going to put that thing in my mouth? Am I there? Do you, you, do you ever worry about that? Well, this poor kid, it happened to him. He, he had this humongous piece and he's looking at, up at this, this 
pastor with his robe on, and you're looking down at him, and he goes, is this too much? <laughs> you know, deer in the headlight and everything. And I said, no. He smiled and said, you can never get too much of Jesus' love for you. Never. See, we need to preach that. Not only accept that, but to preach that. And the third thing that we need to do is we need to love back. And we need to demonstrate Jesus' love for them as well. You see, a child is God's gift to us. A reminder of how we are to approach our own Heavenly Father. Jesus came into the world as a child. Jesus, throughout his life, referred to to God as Abba, which means Daddy. It's a, it's a, it's a way a kid would, would talk to his father. And the children are God's way of telling us that this world will go on. Here at Christ Church, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of our staff and our our, our lay people who work with our kids. Um, Karen Robertson, and Steph Robbie, and, and uh, my wife Joy, and, and others who are in the volunteer roles, they, they take it seriously. The call to make sure that the kids are accepted, that, that there's no hindrance to the children. And in the process, they learn things. I just think this came to an impact in my life one time, <laughs> way back when our, our, uh, our son Samuel was about two years old. Joy and I um, have done a lot of programs in churches and other places um, with bluegrass music and, and comedy and all. And we used to do a whole bunch of them when the kids were young. And I remember uh, somewhere, some church, in a fel fellowship hall, they had a stage and um, chairs set up. And they, they, I think they had a meal, and people got done with the meal. And so they were coming, and they were sitting down and getting ready for the concert. They came early. And so early that I was still setting up. I had described the sound system was set up. And I had placed the, the microphones down on the, the stage so I could get them wired up. And uh, this, you know, the stage was about probably this high, and somehow Samuel found out how to get up on the stage. He found the stairs, and so he came over, and he picked up one of the microphones off the off the floor, and he did one of these, and looked at the people, and you know, he obviously he got the he got the people's attention. Because he's, you know, just a little child, he's up there with a microphone, like, what's going to happen next? I was wondering what's going to happen next. And then all of a sudden he goes, Jesus! I know! Jesus! I know! 
It took me a while, but do you realize what he was doing? That's a two-year-old's vision of Jesus loves me, this I know. Boy, the Bible tells me. If we can get that across to our not only will we be a generational blessing to them, we will understand that they are a generational blessing to us. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. Christ-shaped needs to say, let the little children so we can teach them about Jesus as well. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you that you are a loving God and you prove that time and time again. Help us to understand what an incredible blessing children are in our lives and that they are welcome here. Not only are they welcome, they're encouraged here. That they will find here enough to grow in knowledge and love of you. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. Amen. I am so thankful for our time together this morning.